Hello everyone, Steve Parisi here with IBC Global. We've got a guest and good friend on today, Denzel, Denzel Rodriguez. How you doing, my friend? Hello, Steve. I'm blessed, happy to be here again. I'm excited for what we have to share to our audience today. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess to begin, I know before uh, we started this, you had a couple of questions on it. Um, not, not too many questions because I know you've educated yourself on the, the new change, but just kind of what you've been seeing, what you've been hearing probably from some of your clients and individuals that work with you. Anywhere that, that you'd like to start as far as the MEC law, and it can be general if you say, okay, like what, what's actually going to change and what's important to be aware of? Well, I know with your viewers, they like the meat and potatoes. So we'll go real specific because <laughs> okay. that'll be really helpful for them. Um, what I like to do as an agent is look at the whole playing field, see what other, uh, the gurus, the experts, the other content creators are, are saying on both ends of the spectrum, whole life and uh, IULs. And so the, the question that pops up for me more importantly is I understand what's going on with the new mech laws that, uh, it, the MEC limits are actually increasing for the same amount of money that we're putting in. So that's pretty interesting. I, I think that's beneficial. But uh, one thing that I saw pop up, which was very interesting, is uh, coming from uh, Index Universal Life Insurance agents that try to incorporate infinite banking is the uh, guaranteed dividend rate, uh, the guaranteed rate of return that whole life offers that 4% that with the major mutuals, yep. is there a possibility that, or, or do you think the, maybe a percentage amount, the chances of that being harmed decreased with these new MEC laws coming into place? Good, good question. So mainly on the, the guaranteed rate, will that be impacted? And if so, how will it be impacted? Is that kind of what you're you're hearing from others yeah. and what they want to know? Yeah, good question. I mean, that that is the the big question there. So, will guaranteed rates and guaranteed values change among whole life products? The answer is yes. Um, so, even with some of your four major mutual carriers, you will see the whole life rates, guaranteed values, I should say, decrease. Guaranteed rates, not necessarily the values. I'll clarify that in a little bit, um, but. It, how insurance companies will function is the guaranteed rate on a whole life insurance product today and since 1980 has been 4%. And, you know, people look at that a lot of times and say, wow, 4%. Especially over the past decade or past 15 years with a low interest rate environment we've been in, like 4%, man. Like people see that and they just say, that's great. But the thing is, and I know you and I have, have talked about this all the time, is looking at guaranteed rates still at 4% today, that is not what I'm ever earning on a whole life insurance product. Correct. That's the gross rate that is credited after the company's insurance expenses, mortality charges, everything that comes with the actual life insurance product. So if I have a guaranteed rate of 4%, I may see a net internal rate of return, the actual per, actual return, what it's growing by, it's going to depend on my age, health, but it might fall between two and a half and three and a quarter percent. 
right? Say the net return is 3% my tax-free yield. So I kind of want to set it up with that just to always provide clarity there because everybody, not everybody, a lot of times we see individuals see a guaranteed rate, a dividend, and assume that's what they're earning. And it's unfortunate because there's all these you know, lack of transparency in the industry, but it's look at the net performance on a policy, provide some clarity there. So the big question, guaranteed rates, will they change? Yes, you will see guaranteed rates with whole life products range from 2% to 3.75%. And this is actually a choice that insurance carriers will have. So you know, I've seen from some carriers, they may elect to have some of their products perhaps at the 3.5, 3.75% range, some products at 2%. They do not have to just pick one option and that's it. But the one requirement is by 2022, the guaranteed rate on products cannot be any higher than 3.75%. Mm. Okay. So questions on that. So we've got 4%. It is coming down. This is the gross rate too. There's more to it that we can add in, but it is coming down with whole life products, even with the major mutuals, will be a range from 2% to 3.75%. Got it. So with that, if the gross rate on the guarantees, not the dividends, right? We're not, we're not getting into dividends just yet, but just looking at the guaranteed rate, that um, if that comes down, like you said, the gross rate, then the internal rate would also come down a little bit as well. So most likely, yes. And why I say that is, you know, why rates, the guarantees come down and why dividends have trickled down for a long time now is because of the interest rate environment. It has been coming down <laughs> with a downward pressure. Mm -hmm. But with that said, what happens with whole life insurance products when you cut a guarantee and your MEC limit increases. So the other thing is if you take a, a $1 million death benefit for uh, an age 50 male today, still with the 4% guarantee, a $1 million death benefit will obtain him almost exactly a $50,000 MEC limit. With this new change, say the guarantee is 3% or three and a half, whatever, that same $1 million death benefit may obtain him $80,000 in mech space. Now, where that's important is you're meaning if I'm purchasing a policy and I still want a 50K mech limit, I might only need a, a 700K death benefit or a 600K death benefit. Got it. But what I'm getting at is you will see base premium dollars most likely build greater cash values in this new environment than they are today, potentially. It's still you know, gray, the information we get, and as we dig into it, um, just speak with actuaries and such, but it's, it's still taking time before we have clarity there. Point being is if that base premium does credit more money to cash value, what that results in is, well, greater guarantees. You can do the same thing that we're doing now as far as a minimum premium, maximum PUA allocation. The purpose to all of this, because I know I'm getting into the weeds here, is... No, I like it, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, sometimes I'm like, Steve, you got to stop. But um, the, the purpose is on the internal rate of return of products. My gut feeling is we will see them a little bit lower, 
But at the end of the day, I don't expect expect to see a huge impact when right. you yeah when you take a maximum cash value policy and it's juiced for max cash value. And, and another reason why a lot of times we will hear kind of what you said in the marketing: "Hey, everything is going south. Run, get away from those products." You know, we just looked at a um, a Boley product with a specific carrier because I don't want to disclose any information. One of the major mutuals. And we actually got to compare the old one to the new one. The new one had a lower guarantee, but when you look at the actual values, I mean, I look at it and say like, who who cares on the cash value? The death benefit, the old one had a greater death benefit based off of the purchase payment they looked at. Yep. But that's a move already we see from the top, the larger dollar size cases, bank-owned life insurance, different case there, I mean, larger case there, already made that adjustment with the new guarantees and such everything going on, but not much different in the net values. The non-guaranteed are actually stronger. Looking at the guarantees though, it's like, okay, not a huge difference with how they reprice the products, which makes sense because they're they're gonna remain competitive, especially the top companies, no matter what. They've dealt with uh, this before. The mortality change that occurred um, a little over a year ago is actually a, a similar change that occurred. So it's it's interesting when you look at it to see, okay, what's the actual impact? Not just all of the 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 yelling and the noise and the, all that stuff we yeah. hear. Yeah. And with that, to to help the viewers, because I'm sure this type of content's gonna come out, which is buy your whole life now because it's going to go bad or get your IUL right. now because it's gonna change. What's the dynamic with with that? Because it sounds like a give and a take. It sounds like they're taking that guarantee, lowering it, but they're also giving us a higher MEC limit for the same cost, which allows the individual to put in more cash without having to open two and three and four other policies in that case. So it, it seems like, well, if I'm if I'm able to put in more cash than you, even if I'm getting a lower rate, I I have this potential to still come out ahead of you yeah. because I have more cash going in. And that kind of leads us to the design, 90, 10, 80, 20, 70, 30, 60, yeah. 40, 50, 50. Those splits will still um, be valid in this new environment or do you see a little change? Um, yeah, good good question. I mean, hey, I, I'd love a change if they let us go lower. Some of the big carriers that cap you out at 10 or, or 9%. Um, but I have gotten no feedback as far as any adjustments on the premium to PUA ratios. So if that if that stays the same, I mean, from a cash cash accumulation sales standpoint or someone interested in cash value, the only difference is if I'm putting in $100,000 per year, if I have $87,000, $90,000 in cash value in year one in today's environment based off guarantees, non-guarantees, there's a good chance I'll see not the same, but almost the exact same thing in the new environment because with a cash value, the death benefit will be lower in the new environment. So the, the overall internal expenses will be about will be a bit lower too, which will help offset that lower guarantee. So the main yeah, yeah the main thing is in all all sophisticated investors, business owners, banks, the one we're working with right now, don't really care about the gross rate. They don't. It's, hey, what's the net? Like pull out 
pull out all the fluff yeah and just show me what it's actually growing by and then i can look at how i can use it to uh, complement my other strategies if it's velocity banking and paying off debt if it's investing in real estate whatever it might be mm -hmm. now the people who already have their policies in place designed for the infinite banking concept does their rate that gross rate stay the same or does it also uh, uh, change with the new laws coming in? Good question. So if you have a product that's already in force, there will be no change to that. Um, Got it. You will have the opportunity to change it if the new contract language is better. So interesting. It, it okay. is. That, and that kind of addresses your, your... Are you referring to a 1035 exchange? No, no actually. Um, Good, good question. It's an internal update that kind of addresses your last question, which yeah. I didn't, I didn't thoroughly answer. I'm sorry. Which is, hey, buy now because things are going to stink afterwards because the updates, uh, it's not going to be good. Get in now. The fire sale, you know, rush that we see in so many industries. Right, right, right. right. I, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rush in necessarily. I, let's say we get in now, but let's say we were hesitant because we've heard it might be better with the new change is if I buy a product today based off of today's contract language and then the change occurs, companies will most likely, a lot have already said they would, they did this with the last mortality table update, you're given the opportunity as a policyholder to say, hey, I like the new contract language, guaranteed and or non-guaranteed better, so what I'd like to do is update or upgrade whatever word, word that we want to use my policy that was issued in 2020, 21, 2015 to the new contract language limits and laws that exist now. A lot of times companies will do that. In fact, for policyholders that, <laughs> that purchased policies in the early 80s prior to the MEC law, they're still given the opportunity to update their contract to the new language to comply with the MEC laws and given right. you know, some upside benefit. So I've, I've always seen that. Some companies have already come out and said, we are going to do that. So I mean, it, the nice thing about that is you don't have to feel like you're, you've got this ultimate pressure to get in now because you might miss out. Um, yeah, it's not the case. You know, it's good to see everything. It's our money we're paying into a product. Make sure that we're, we've got enough information to make an informed decision and we don't have buyer's remorse, you know? Yeah, I think that's very important for people that are brand new to the space. You're, you're, yeah. You already fell in love with Become Your Own Banker, Nelson Nash. You're looking at the concept. You're doing your homework. Please don't feel rushed to start your policy, I would, I would start it when you have the capital, when you have the knowledge, when you're confident, you're ready to, and you found that agent that you know, like, and trust, because um, I, even in the past, not, not, not just 2020 and 2021 with the new MEC laws, but I've, when I look at older life insurance videos, I would see like Penn Mutual videos of a guy saying, oh, you got to get the policy now because Penn Mutual is making a change. And then, you know, all, all policies moving forward are not going to be as good as the, the old ones. So it, it kind of, it gets you a little anxious to feel, oh man, I'm missing out. But if the, if the product is actually good, right? If the service is good, then it should be good in any environment, right? It, it, should, it should serve us no matter what the economy says. And then the flip side is what happens when interest rates go up? Do those rates change again? 
would you say, just to close out, kind of like a final question here? Mm -hmm. uh, good question. I mean, they, they certainly could. Um, I mean, no one really expected this change to happen. It kind of got snuck in there at the end of 2020. It was like December, it was the end of December. And, and I heard about it early January. I'm like, what? <laughs> um, but I mean, who, who knows? Because right now things are definitely more chaotic and the uncertainty and panic going on right now than they've ever been. The last time this change occurred with the MEC limitations was back in the 1980s. So, I mean, that's, you know. A long time, 40 years. A, yeah, it's a long time. 40 years. Yeah. So, could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, this is definitely the most frequent I've seen two changes occur, somewhat major scale changes in a short period of time. I mean, 2020, January 1st, all companies had to comply with the updated mortality tables, the 2017 CSO tables, which repriced everything, guaranteed values were stronger, MEC limits were lower on products, so you had pros and cons there. Um, but, and again, that was when you heard, hey, get in now based off the old mortality tables. And when I really looked at it, I'm like, there's no real difference. There's slight difference in guarantees, but if you're purchasing it, for maximum cash value, going back to exactly what you touched on before as far as the splits, 1090, premium, PUAs, Design. doesn't make a huge difference. Like we hadn't seen that. So with this new change, will we see a huge different difference? I mean, probably not. And again, I don't want to shoot myself in the foot because I don't have the all of the data. We've gotten some information, like what we shared with the guaranteed rates, the MEC limits today. Um, but uh, to answer your question, could it change? It could. Um, will it? I would guess probably not for a while, but at the same time, who knows anymore? <laughs> awesome. Well, that's it. That's my. That was my final question there. I want to value your time. I know you have to go in a minute here, but this has been really nice, tight, straight to the point. For those who are watching, uh, keep continuing to do your research and homework. Don't feel like uh, it's the end of the world. If I don't get the policy now, or maybe I should wait, like do it when you are absolutely ready to go. You've got the cash to fund it. You, what you really should be paying more attention to is the design of the policy, the company and the policy design. How is that being uh, structured? Because with all these new changes, if you don't have an agent that understands how to design it, well, you're not in a better place, right? So that's where I would leave you with. Yeah, right on. Fully agree. No, thanks so much for that summary and your time as well. I appreciate it. You know, as always, you, you know, coming on. It's it's always fun. A pleasure talking through these topics with you. Awesome. Well, thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. Certainly. Likewise. Thank you. And we'll talk to you soon, everyone. Enjoy and uh, feel free to reach out to Denzel or our company um, anytime on the links below. Bye now.